Coming up on this episode of The Break Room. Yeah. Oh man, when he yells at her. They told me I shouldn't. Oh. They told me but I shouldn't. Like, yeah! <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she was like, box. Yeah. yeah. That moment so where she, Yeah, the because they wanted so to scared. deny him so much. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the break room. The spice must flow, but does it flow well? It's the break room movie review. Hit the graphic. Whoa. Movie review. There it is. Uh, today we're talking about the highly anticipated sequel to Doom Part 1. Doom Part 2. What a name. Doom Part 2. What a name. Yeah. And joining me today are Brandon Barrick. Hello. May your knife chip and shatter. Maud Garrett. And may thy knife chip and shatter. And Jordan Morris. Another thing from Doom. <laughs> Another Dune thing. Use the voice. Another Dune thing. And I'm Evan, one of the producers on this show. And here we go. Before we get into it, we're definitely going to spoil this movie. <gasps> yeah. So if you don't want spoilers, come back and watch it after you've seen the movie. Yeah. But also, I don't know, a lot of those movies just vibes. Pretty cool. <laughs> Not a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Not a lot of dialogue. Not a lot of dialogue. So uh, at the Break Room Movie Review, we split it up into different parts. We'll give each part a grade one through five. Half points are okay. Our off-screen team will be doing the math to get us to our total at the end. So we'll be grading the script, the story and writing, mm -hmm. the acting, mm -hmm. the visuals, mm -hmm. the directing, and the sound and score. The mm -hmm. best category to end on. Uh, without further ado. <laughs> I, I think in, in the case of this movie, it's the one movie where that works. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. All right, so let's talk about the script, yep. the story. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, the director, he also wrote the screenplay. Uh, I co-wrote it with John Spites, who also co-wrote the previous Dune film and Doctor Strange, uh, one of the writers on that. So yeah, thoughts about the story? This is adapting the, uh, I guess, a second half of the first book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna eat jelly beans yeah. for the rest of the yeah. stream yeah. because well, yeah. no notes. I will say, like, people are intimidated to read the book, sure. and I think to big kind of yeah, it's, it's big. But I think to have what goes on in that book delivered in a way where an audience member can just understand it mm -hmm. and it not get be bogged down is a very difficult thing to do. I think in this instance, the script is so well done. It noticed that the first movie was the the setup. It was all about introducing who the Atreides is, who the Harkonnens, Harkonnens are. Mm -hmm. uh, what is Spice? Why this is a resource that needs to be harvested. And for those that don't know, Spice not only gives you a woo-woo if you're Paul Atreides, but it is the fuel that um, means intergalactic travel. So it's like what hyperspace, hyperspace it's, that's the fuel right, that allows yeah, intergalactic yeah. travel. So that is the thing that is the most vital resource. Um, I think once we've had that set up, this movie just has room to expand. Every character has their own moment. The story progresses at a great rate. The pacing is somehow fantastic with this script when it shouldn't be at two and a half hours more. Mm -hmm. um, I am so thrilled with what it, yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think he does a great job with like the dialogue. I mean, he's kind of been saying, I'm impressed towards he doesn't really like dialogue. There's not a ton of dialogue in this movie and certainly not exposition. And the, yeah. any exposition is done in a very clever way. It was done in a previous movie. <laughs> well, it's done in a previous movie, but also like through like Javier Bardem's character mm -hmm. who Stilgar fucking kills in this yes. movie. Yeah, he's like, you just, he's it's not only what he's saying, but the way he acts, yeah. like it's telling so much of it and explaining some very, well, I haven't read the book, but I assume very deep and over explained concepts in the book 
uh, <laughs> kind of getting it, getting you there within the movie. Because the book has like an appendices it. in the back, right? So if you see a word you don't know, you can go yeah. in the back and like look yeah. it up. It's like that detail. And I will say it's not following the book completely. Right, he made yes. changes. There are some decisions, which I actually really liked. One of the decisions is that Chani is very much, she's sort of like just a girl in the books mm -hmm, where right. she has so much more substance here. Same with Irulan, especially in this particular book. She mm -hmm. could have had a very small role. They purposely expanded that. As a woman, I'm a big fan of that. But I also love the fact that um, Lady Jessica was supposed to be Stilgar's third wife, mm -hmm. but because he already had three, he was like, I'm, I'm, I've had too many already. And then in this one, she just goes straight to being the Reverend Mother. Yeah. So it's not a possession thing. It's not like, well, I guess you could be my wife. Like, didn't even touch on that. Yeah, so they I have think a lot yeah. more agency. Yeah. And I like the line even that, like, she, you know, Chani says, like, in our culture, men and women, they're the same. They're yeah. equal. Like, yeah. Which is nice. A good message to have. Yeah. What, a, what a concept, folks. What a concept. <laughs> Blew yeah. my mind. Um, uh, a little, a little, here, I'll, I'll let you guys know a little bit where I'm coming from. On Give this. us where yeah. you're coming from. I watched this movie last night. Uh, I think it's a terrific movie. Here's how I felt watching it. Kind of like I felt when I went to see the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> now, a buddy of mine is a huge Dave Matthews Band fan and bought a bunch of tickets for us all to go see DMB, or mm. Dave, as or the fans like to call yeah, it. Yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave, at the Hollywood Bowl. I went, I had a blast. Okay. I appreciated everything that was going on on stage. The, the technical wizardry on display was hard to ignore. At the end, it's just not my thing. It's just not my flavor. <laughs> mm. uh, I, I like a little bit of a different spice. And I would recommend <laughs> that everyone see this movie in a theater. Mm -hmm. It's great. I loved it. I, I, I didn't lock into a lot of what was going on. Did you like the first movie? I felt similarly. Yeah. Okay. I, so I will say, if you didn't love the first yeah. movie, you're not going to love the second sure. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that full stop. Because and I, I, I liked seeing it, and I think everyone yeah, should yeah. see it. Because yeah. it's, I mean, there is no cooler thing to look at. All I, every new machine, I'm like, a new machine. Yeah. What's this thing do? <laughs> look at its wheels. I was, I, I loved all the visuals. There's some very good acting. Uh, it yeah. sounds amazing. Uh, but I don't think I will carry the story and characters with me. Moving forward mm. in my heart yeah I, I will say I'm definitely in Jordan's boat with this a little bit I also didn't love the first movie um, and I saw it in theaters too I didn't even see it. I know they did the day and date thing um, I, yeah I I think with this movie specifically I did get lost in like what the Benny Jesser was trying to do got a got pretty confusing between like the different um, like Usan, Usan al-Gaib and then the Kwisak Haderach like not like knowing more about what the Kwisak Haderach was like vaguely but then also being like but what is this the same thing and I think like um, I just saw Tenet recently, so the line, like, just don't think about it, just feel it, is, like, yeah, right, in my sure, head, sure, sure. right? Yeah. And so I think some of that carried over here where I'm just like, well, if I kind of, like, let myself surrender to just the the uh, the vibe of the piece or the, you know, just the it overall, I think I probably would have had a, a better time. But that's not to say I had a bad time because, like, everything you're saying is is 100% right you know like this is when we talk about like the theatrical experience and preserving that like this is one of those movies that's like oh you need to see it in the theater like this is sick you know um but yeah what are they up to which is up to um well, I think from the storytelling perspective, just to get into it, we were talking earlier, um, Brandon, about how like Denise said in some interviews, he was like, oh, I don't like dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the most impactful moments, I think, for both of us was seeing how 
Paul Atreides kind of like recounts the the dream that he, or the vision that he's had after he's taken the uh, the water of life, and he's and he's just recounting it with his hand, right? And he's like, yeah. there's a narrow way to go through it. And you were comparing it to like the MCU scene, right? In uh, and yeah, it's like that scene in a movie where they explain how the the technique works, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in Back to the Future, it's Doc Brown drawing a line and then saying like divergent timeline. Uh, in the MCU, right, it's uh, the ancient one showing the stones, and if you take one out. Right. It creates a branch timeline, blah, blah, blah. I like that in this big movie, this like very heavy sci-fi thing, he explains the whole thing that he's going through with like, close up on his hand, like I see things. Yeah. And then there's like right there, I gotta go right mm -hmm. through there. I just like love the storytelling in that. Like it's not, it's very clever exposition just mm -hmm. to be like, yeah. this is how this works. We all kind of get it. Because that could have been three paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it could have been, just... well, we could have seen all these visions. And a crazy, exactly. which you see other flashbacks yeah. in the movie. So it's interesting to just like. You could have had him attached to some yeah. sort of like web of the, life. Where you're in the crowd there kind of. Seeing all these <laughs> webs and, and he's picking his path. And yeah, like a Pepsi yeah. sign that crushes him at And his point. mother was in the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not, in, not in this she review. She was in Arrakis with her father just before he died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean. Like I, exactly, like you were saying, they could have just shown the visions, or like we could have seen what uh, what it is. But the fact that he is so set on this path now that we now have to experience as the rest of the world experiences it with him, it's like genius. So good, you know. I would um, like uh, my. I think he just went super saiyan. That's just my, <laughs> his hair color stayed the same, his eye color stayed the same, but we know he leveled up in a way where he's just not yeah, the same person. Yeah, once he took the water away, he, he was, he was I do guy. love that scene oh. where the woman uh, grabs the baby sandworm oh. and walks it and drowns it. Yeah. That scene the rules. Like, that's just a, oh, that's, a, that's a great example of, great. I don't necessarily get this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love <laughs> watching it, you know, this could be, yeah, this is like, you yeah. know, watching an art film in a weird way. Yeah. Is, every time you're like, I don't really get it. I will, I will explain it. It's basically describing just how prophetic and um, incredible the Shai Halud, this, yeah. this, this sandworm is. It's not just a monster. It's not just like, you know, if it hears something, it wants to eat you. It, like you see the symbolic nature of what it can provide and it's what creates the spice and it also creates the water of life. And I just think like, we got so much sandworm in this and I'm so mm, about it. And I think that these beautiful moments yeah. of like, it not just being a giant erect butthole that keeps going <laughs> around. You can, can no, it they're be gorgeous. An this thing can yeah. be an erect butthole. You can, get, you can get there, you can get there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> so much more than that. Yeah, the, the storytelling is very impactful in this movie. Like. I was so moved when, you know, uh, Fyad shows up and like bombs their their homestead. Oh yeah. And you it's see like, the pool of water that they've been saving for generations and the rocks falling in. I was like devastated. But that's not just I a pool like, of water. That is literally right. every single it's person the tears. Yeah, yeah. It's all the dirt. Right. And like yeah. just like just beautiful it's symbolism like that. Yeah. I think at one point they cut back to like the capital planet or whatever, and it's raining, and I was just like, ah, oh, they don't even know. They're so oh, lucky. It's raining when it, yeah, the sun's out, and they're like covering. Yeah, yeah, and they're all hiding yeah. from the rain, and yeah. like yeah. you know, the joy in Zendaya's face when she's like, it falls from the sky. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, just like very clever dialogue that when you compare it to other things, something like Star Wars, which often has very clunky dialogue, mm -hmm. like just Coward the way. Converters. <laughs> uh, that's the best line in Star Wars. I was going to go to Tassie Station to pick up some power converters. Uh, Somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it was just like very clever and like explain things. I thought well enough where it's like, yeah, it, it's certainly confusing and there's a lot of rewatchability and you probably find more. And if you're like so inclined 
this wants you to be like, well, I want to know more about this factoid. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it might drive people, I'm sure it will drive people to read more about the like history yeah. and like mm -hmm. the whole universe because it does feel like a fleshed out universe. Mm -hmm. uh, even though it's on a boring sand planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get away from these sand planets. Uh, I'll, I'll give my score and I'll say something that I loved and then something, uh, a reason that I'm docking a point. There you go. Something I loved. I loved how uh, this is a chosen one story where you're not sure if he's good or Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This might be a villain yeah. origin story. Yeah. And I love how they're always playing with that. Like mm -hmm. some in some scenes, he's the hero. He's the pure Luke Skywalker. In other scenes... I don't know. This could be the birth of a dictator. Mm. I think that's great. And I think, uh, as I was hearing on NPR this morning, mm. that is along the lines of what Frank Herbert was trying to do, is he wanted to do one of those chosen one stories that was kind of a warning against, um, you know, like charismatic leaders. Yeah. Very cool. Love it. Uh, I'm going to give this a four, and I'm going to take off a point because... The line about this movie is that the first one was all set up and this one is all payoff. I think that's true. There's a lot of setup for other movies in this. Yeah, there's the Annie Taylor Joy stuff. There's the Psychic yeah. Baby. Did I love the Psychic Baby cam? Yes, absolutely. Every time we go internal and see the Psychic Baby gestating, yeah. I'm like, great, more of this. But it it did feel like a Dead Reckoning Part One. It did feel uh, like a There's another movie coming, hmm. and and that's more of just a complaint of modern blockbuster filmmaking yeah. is that sometimes those sequels don't feel like beginnings, middles, and ends. Uh, and I think this one does that too. Uh, again, uh, loved the ride, but but it, yeah. I'm like, well, when's the next one coming out? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I think I'm gonna go for for that reason. Uh, but all of this other stuff about the kind of showing, not telling, mm -hmm. and the little hints at the world building, I think are all great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I go for for those exact same reasons, pretty much. Yeah, I, I and I do wonder if my idea of the movie would be different if there wasn't as much. Um, like questions around like, is there a Dune Messiah thing coming out? Because before the first movie came out, we didn't know, right? We didn't know how much it was going to cover. Yeah. And it was like, well, they'll probably just do what they did last time. So yeah, but four, four for me as well. Do you want to give your score? Five. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Five. <laughs> I, and I'm just trying to process what you guys are saying. It's four because they made me want more. I just, you know, don't, I love, I like it when a movie has, a, you know, feels wrapped up and I would, you know, I would dock your Avengers movies and your Fast and Furiouses for doing the same thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I will absolutely see whatever other Dune stuff comes out. Oh yeah. But, eh, Hollywood, maybe let's make the movie the movie. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Don't know. Okay. I'll go, I'll go 4.5. I think my, my only negatives would be, I did like the story. I thought it moved for how long the movie is. Mm -hmm. I love that it wasn't like 16 solar days later or whatever. We didn't yeah. get those <laughs> yeah. ever. But there were some points where I was a little confused about like exactly how much time had passed. And I just need someone to say that like, uh, uh, Lady Jessica's baby takes nine months because that would, yeah, I'm like, exactly. I didn't know if the baby was growing fast at a normal pace or slower than a normal baby. Yeah, that, what, I was a little confused. At there. what point does the baby become psychic? You know, like, right, is right. it six months yeah. in? Well, she does is it eight say, months like, in? Didn't she say even before she gets the water of life, she's like, she talks to me or whatever. Exactly, right? Yeah. Which you don't know if she's telling the truth or not because she's manipulating her own son. Yeah. Real helicopter parent, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Real ornithopter parent, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that, I, those are really nitpicky things. And I would go 4.8, but he won't allow it. You know what I mean? I have to She's do 4.5. I, you know, there's always room for improvement. 4.8, 5 is closer than 4.5, <laughs> just saying. 
It's true. I'm going to stick with my 4.5. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I did better than them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's talk about the acting. I, huge cast. Mm, huge mm, cast. Huge uh, cast. We've seen them out on the red carpets. Maude has seen them in person. Uh, we got Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Austin Butler, Dave Bautista, Florence Pugh, Christopher Walken, Leia Sado, Stellan Skarsgård, many more people. Tim Blake Nelson did a cameo. He wasn't in, he didn't make the cut, but I, I just oh, read geez. that. I was like, wow. Yeah. He, he made a special thanks, but his scene got cut. He should. He could have been the puking uh, 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 Harkonnen. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be great at that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could have been really Tim Blake sell Nelson. That. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have been here. People standing up in the movie theater. One of those Sardaukar guys was somebody. Who is that main Sardaukar? The, the, the like dots over his eyebrow. Gosh, I recognized him from something, and then it left me immediately. Yeah, wild nope, to think that as it. thorough as this movie was, stuff was cut out. I mean, I right, wonder yeah. what it was. Yeah, I'm surprised Shea Wiggum didn't show up in this movie. <laughs> he, gets, he gets a crack at like any movie Shea Wiggum these days. He's always someone's brother. Yeah. He's like the brother yeah. of a main character. Was he that dude? Was he this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might have been. No, it wasn't Shea Wiggum. I'm Doug Atreides, uh, <laughs> Paul's big brother. But like Leah Sadu showing up for like five minutes, I was like, man, yeah. what a pull! Yeah, what a pull! Mm -hmm. Literally, you could probably time it like yeah. truly five minutes. Uh, uh, I didn't know Walken was coming. I love that. Oh, really? Let's oh, all wow. do our Christopher Walken impression. No, let's not. <laughs> I thought this is a <laughs> very, that a very good performance from Walken. I mean, his voice is his voice. Sure. Probably my least favorite casting. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a dream actor for that role? Not necessarily, but I just don't think Christopher Walken can be anyone else but Christopher Walken. Sure. It and is it, tough to see it, past it took, him. You, you took, it just took me out slightly. And also, like, Christopher Walken was in um, the music video for um, Bad Boy Slim, Bad Boy Slim, Bad Boy Slim where they reference uh, sandwalking. Oh, so it's actually oh, a bit meta. Yes, yeah. But um, if that's the only gripe, like okay. this is a standout cast. Everyone's such a formidable actor, and everyone, like, they weren't trying to out act no. each other. Yeah, sure. Everybody's result, in the same movie. Everybody's, yeah. In, yeah. It yeah. was amplifying everyone. I mean, if you had a standout, I thought that Austin Butler did an amazing job as Fade Ratha, and like, um, just the choices that he was making was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think the chemistry between Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet were fantastic. Yeah, when um, they kiss on the dune, I was like, yeah, kiss. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was hot. Oh, that's why it's called dune, because yeah. they kiss, oh yeah. They kiss on the dunes. What if we kissed Rod? on the dunes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's your thumbnail, Mom. There's your thumbnail. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's the thumbnail. <laughs> no, but I love dune, though, so I'm like, oh, it's too late now. <laughs> do it again, do it again. They can spice it. They can spice it. <laughs> Incredible. Yay. One million dollar sandworm <laughs> versus one dollar sandworm. <laughs> um, no, but I agree about the like not out acting each other, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. We were talking about this earlier off screen, but like Javier Bardem, uh, and we we said a little bit. He's he swinging and he's doing so good, and he's like he's also like funny, but also just like so believably like this is yeah. we have found our savior. No matter, I will deny any anyone who says otherwise. Yeah. And, and so believing in Paul, but then to contrast him with like Zendaya, who's supposed to be part of like the same kind of you know tribe, but she just sounds like Zendaya, you know. Mm. But it it doesn't necessarily take me out of it. It's just like oh, they are just so in these characters and so just like doing, um, I don't know, just like living in the world. I think really, it's a neat unexpected thing uh, about the story. Something that I did not expect was that like within the rebel group there were factions. That is very cool. Yeah. Usually in these kinds of stories, it's like. 
Empire bad, yeah, rebels yeah, good, yeah, yeah. and the whole you know, planet's ice. Yeah, they all agree. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, and, and within any organization, there are disagreements. Right, so I thought right. that was really cool. How even within the rebellion, some yeah. people believe this, and there's zealots, and there's kind of uh, you know more progressive people. Very cool. Love that. And and yeah, and it was because the it seems like the Zendaya camp was like mm. we're the modern young kids. Right, right. And, They're like and, this is crazy. Like, right, this sure. Is <laughs> also, yeah, yeah just silly. want to shout out Sevex in the chat correcting me. She's from the north. Javier's from the south, oh, yes. so oh, different, yes. but also yes. like as as a people, it's yeah, got him. Yeah, what a okay. what a chunk right now. <laughs> what a roast him in the comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really like that about like how it was like yeah, these are all different tribes. We don't just all get along. Like mm -hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, uh, which the, is more realistic. But I loved that the the like what team are you on was all religious based, mm -hmm. and the fact that um, Paul Atreides is. Rumored to be this messiah, who's mm -hmm. like a god walking amongst them in a way. Like that was so brilliantly done, and I loved. Like I thought Javier Bardem did such a beautiful, oh. just organic work. He wasn't yeah. trying to land a bit. Yeah. It wasn't be funny now. Right. No. It was this like honesty behind it that just made it funny. Mm -hmm. Like in these beautiful moments where. You know, Paul Atreides is like, you know, no, I'm not. Like, I'm honestly, please stop, stop, stop. And he's like, he's so humble. That's what the chosen yeah, one would yeah. do because he's so humble, he's denying it. Like, those moments are so beautiful. But then it, because religion is such like an, um, a tone that covers everything, it envelops um, Jessica's storyline and Paul's storyline and Chani's storyline. Mm -hmm. Because Chani's like, you know, I love you for who you are. I don't want you to become this big messiah. I don't want you to, you know, grow so big and... Power is not good for you. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to get real powerful. And I, it's right, just right. like, it, it really affected every single person there in unique ways. And that was really well done. Well, and he was rejecting it for a long time until like, they almost get killed, right? Because he doesn't see something coming. Mm. And he's like, so worried about like Chani. And he's like, mm. well, maybe I should go get powered up a little bit. I'm still going to be cool. Don't worry. I'm going to be chill. I'm just going to drink the water and then I'll be able to protect you. And the next time she sees him, he's like, I'm the fucking messiah. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Who even questioned me? Me? I just read your mind. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, I was so afraid. because I'm looking at your grandma right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> said, you're a bitch. Sit down. Like, you just got played. I like how played. you just had to do that to two people. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 It's a guy. It's a guy. Uh, I feel like half the room. Yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. parts is when Jessica's like under her breath, like, do it too much, pull back. Oh, yeah, yeah, She's yeah, almost yeah. coaching this thing. Yeah. And I love that she maintains being a mother throughout all of this as well. Which is mm -hmm. crazy, too, because they like, they can't, you know, he's Paul's mad at her because he's like, you're manipulating me and Chani's mad because you're But it's like, she is, yes, but she's also like, she's been doing she's, it before she She's born. living the bit, too, where she's yeah. like, yeah, I'm doing this, but now I have to be the reverend mother for the rest of my life. I almost died. Doing mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. now, I have to do all this. Also, like, but I get to be in a little cocoon when yeah, we travel. Yeah, I get to ride in the cocoon, which is nice. <laughs> That's class, always nice. Yeah. But like, my mom's crazy, and I'm doing this just to piss her off because she was telling me that I couldn't have the kids watch Hardrack. I couldn't have him, so I proved her wrong. I had a boy instead of a girl. Fuck my mom. Yell at my mom. Yeah. Oh man, would he yell? At they her. told me I shouldn't. Oh. They told but me he I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like. Wasn't it silence? What did she say? Who he said? He said, that's not hope, right? That's no, one. when he yells at uh, Lady Jessica, that's not hope. But when he yells at the main Benny Jessica. Oh, the one who right. conducted yeah. like, the whatever. Yeah. And she was like, box. Yeah, yeah, that moment where she, yeah, <laughs> because they wanted so to deny him so much. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they were also, he's not the only chosen one. There was right. someone else who fulfilled that and it's Fade Rafa. And I What's, think it's so beautiful that they're like, which one's a bigger threat? Mm -hmm. Like it's simultaneous. And I think that bringing Fade in the second part worked because of that simultaneous chosen one element. Yeah, uh, I just, yeah. I see it as cool. kind of like, it's, it's uh, the nesting doll, right? Like 
The story of the Al Jabab. Sorry, I got her. What move? Uh, Moada Deep? No. Ma, not Moada Deep. The Liza. Quizad Hadarak? No, the no, other no, one. Liza Al Gaib? Yeah, the Liza Al Gaib. Rose in the comments, dude. The Bene Gesserit make up that story of the Liza. Liza Al Gaib. Yeah, for just the Fremen, right? Yeah. And that's just to control them. And they also have, but we have our own thing. We got the Kishrod, Sharrod, John, right? <laughs> and he's coming, don't worry. And then Jessica's like, yeah, I made him. And they're like, no, 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 no that's not supposed to happen yet. Because, like, they don't ever want that. I don't think they really ever want that prophecy to come true either. Yeah, yeah. That's just a way it's of ultimate the, power. the Bene Gesserit keeping the Bene Gesserit in line. Yeah. And they're keeping everyone else in line. And so it's like everyone's upending all these prophecies and using them for their own gains. And it's like, great. But you're right. Like, we don't know if... Uh, Paul is good or bad or like what he's going to do with this power. And what made Fade a better choice? What is it about Paul? They can control him with sex and humiliation. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? I thought that was really great. But you've got the the whole power struggle between Fade and, and Paul with the Chosen One um, and you also have the same thing happening with Baron and the Emperor mm -hmm. in a political sense at the same time. So there's so many interwarring sort of factions with something bigger than what's happening. I just... I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great. I also want to, before we give our ratings, I do want to shout out uh, Dave Batista because I, I remember He's leading great. up to this, there was a quote <laughs> that he said he was like, uh, I really want to play a menacing villain. And I, so I had that in my head. I was watching this because I'm like, all right, let's see how he, you know, what happens in this movie. But in the first half of that, like, in, or the first couple of minutes, he's, like, pretty threatening. I don't know. Yeah. He's yelling. He's smashing stuff. Like, he's he's out there. He's great. Yeah. And, he's, and then he's kissing a boot. And he's kissing, kissing a boot. boot. I, I love do. the juxtaposition yeah. of the kissing of the boot and the kissing of the ring, ring yeah. which he didn't ever really kiss it, right? Mm -hmm. It got a little chuckle of my 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 audience because it, it looks like he gets really close and goes, like that, but like doesn't actually touch it. Like he's so fucking pissed. The ring's like, gross. The ring's got yeah, blood yeah, on yeah. it. You know. But it's, I just love the juxtaposition of those two things. Uh, yeah. This idea of like, yeah, kneel before me, yeah. kiss my. Is ring. Batista our is best me. wrestler actor? I think oh yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I think John Cena is great and love Cena. Not not to divert this conversation. <laughs> Let's rank the great wrestling actors. He's, he's willing to make fun of himself and sure. things, yeah. which is something The Rock he's is not be. willing to do, which makes The Rock a bad actor. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. It makes Dwayne Johnson a bad actor. The Rock is incredible. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the, the last point I'll say is that, like, despite any, you know, kind of, like, story gripes or, like, being confused or being out of it, like, the thing that really anchored me to this was just, like, the acting and, like, and seeing how these characters were going to get along and, and seeing how believable this all felt. I mean, it, so definitely a five for me, for sure. Yeah. All right, I was really worried Maude was, really was going to shoot me another death glare. No, right. five. Five for acting. And I honestly don't think that you cannot give it a five. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's so well done. I would give it a five, too. Javier Bardem kills it in this movie. Yeah. He's great. He's so likable. He brought me to tears multiple times. He's just great. Mm -hmm. uh, Zendaya's great. Everyone's great. Yeah, yeah. I'd give it a five. Yeah. Five. Mm -hmm. five. five. Jordan. A five, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Big, big performances yeah. for uh, a lot of people in this. Yeah. Just, just really great. Uh, so fives all around. And before we move on, we want to take a quick second to shout out our sponsor, CallShe. CallShe is the first legal financial exchange in the U.S. where you can bet on any event, including who's going to win what Oscars. Ooh. Wild. So, for instance, Emma Stone winning Best Actress is trading at 50 cents as of when we were given this. But if you buy a share for 50 cents and she wins, you'll earn a dollar. If the share goes up to 80 cents or something before the Oscars and you sell, you'll get 80 cents. It's kind of like fantasy football, only for the entertainment industry. Super fun. You can make some money doing it. 
call she's the only place you can bet on the Oscars in all 50 states, but it's got a ton of different markets, including Rotten Tomato scores, plus markets on politics, music, climate, economics, tech, games, and more. You can sign up by going to callshe.com slash break room, and the first 500 traders will get a free $20 credit. Woo. Incredible. Um, I know the wagers I'm going to make on the climate. <laughs> Not good ones. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get a bunch of sandworms on Earth now. <laughs> oh, I'm betting on sandworm, baby. I'm betting sandworm. Everybody get your, get your hooks, get your two hooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Around. I do. We were talking sandworm <laughs> logistics earlier. I understand how one person gets on. How do they get everyone on? How do they get Lady Jessica on in, in the cocoon as the River Mother? The yeah. sandworm doesn't ever stop, does it? No, it's no. So how do they get them on? Yeah, how do they Great get? question. Yeah. How do they get all those? That was, that, was, that was the Tim Blake Nelson scene. Yeah, it was yeah. the sandworm logo. Well, I like, got a sandworm that's going to be perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> She's slow as hell. She got a bad back. You're going to get right up on her. My she daddy was a back. sandworm loader. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll get you a sandworm for 800 bottle caps. I don't know what they have. In what is this, Fallout? Yeah, I don't know oh, what they okay. have in, on Arrakis. I don't know what their currency is. Spice? Water, yeah. probably. Literally Water. the whole movie. <laughs> but spice is everywhere. How could that have Got any it. value on Denis the planet? Denis is not directing the third movie. The Coen brothers are directing yeah, the third movie. Yeah. And then that's when it's going to be a root and toot. Water. Water. Delicious water. Let's talk about some of these visuals. Yeah. Shot by Greg Frazier. He did The Last Dune as well as The Batman and The Creator, which came out last year, mm-hmm. uh, with Aaron Soffer. I think they both uh, shot... That movie because he ended up getting pulled away to do dude stuff. So he's like, I'm sorry, gonna, I gotta go do dude. I'm gonna help Gary Edwards with this, and then you you take over, Orin. Uh, the production designed by Patrice Vermette, who's collaborated with Bill New many times, but notably not on Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. which is something we were talking about before, Brandon. Like this movie being uh, the culmination of kind of Denny's stu- uh, like styles, you yeah. know, or like themes and like approaches and and stuff like that. But it's interesting that there wasn't a lot of at least you know. On paper, like what the shared DNA was between 2049 and the visuals here, um, but maybe that's a good thing, right? Yeah, because like this, they're completely different. So world. much is this stuff feels so like uh, it feels so unique. Obviously inspired by the source material, but it just like even the way they capture the desert, just like so yeah. uh, mind blowing. Oh, very practical. I mean, right, they're yeah. clearly yeah. like in desert shooting this, which helps a lot. Yeah, it didn't and feel fake. Yeah, d- 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 this movie does feel super practical yeah. and like yeah. they were there. And obviously, it probably, probably did use a lot of CGI, but right. uh, it, it does not feel green screen. Yeah, I was thinking about like when they're attacking like the harvesters and like so much of that must have been not there. Right. But it still yeah. looked really good. Yeah. Well, I don't really, know what they're really doing with it, but like I have a feeling this type of uh, VFX style is going to date incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Mm. This and will that's look great. what I love about yeah. it. It is it's quite seamless and... Yeah, you 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 are not taken out at all. When yeah. you're like, oh, that's like not a real thing. But like, obviously, all of the sandworms—they're not real. <laughs> but like, that's all CGI. <laughs> I think a lot of the the thopter, all that kind of stuff, CGI. Yeah. And it's just not once was I taken out of it. Yeah. Trying to wonder how they shot it or none of the suits well CGI. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm. the villain, the the nameless. Harkonnen that you just, you just get devoured don't look fake, Yeah, really. Like, mm. the suits looked very practical, too. The, it didn't look like a lot of CG. I think the, like, environment kind of helps. You know, like, um, Jurassic Park looks so good because a lot of it's in the rain. Right. I think the, like, dust clouds and sand clouds kind of make yeah. everything, you know, look a little more real, look a little more believable, kind of hard to see that CGI. Mm, it's got yeah. that um, rainy effect. Yeah. That, that, yeah, blends it well. Uh, how about that black and white planet, huh? Oh, yeah, with uh, tomorrow. Uh, it works. Mom, what is the lore behind that? Please explain. <laughs> I think that was just a choice. 
Oh, but they have like just this kind a, of to differentiate that they're not on the same planet uh-huh. anymore, which is quite interesting. So I think that everything that happens on sort of like planet barren because when you think about it every time he's immersed it's black liquid yeah. mm-hmm. so it uses only sort of black and white as a stark sort of comparison and like composition um that's the only thing i can think of okay. because there thinking, is not a planet that is void of color i think yeah. someone says they have a black sun at some point so novels. yeah maybe there's some galactic like, like, when they're in it, but... right they're in when they're out in the black sunlight it like right. washes yeah. out all the color so that even like when the Benny Gesserit are like coming into their box like even they are lacking like the color but I do love when they're still when they're indoors, right? You can see that they have like normal skin tone and stuff, which is fun. But it makes sense because their their culture is black and white, right? Yeah. It's it's power, it's strength uh-huh. or none. They have no nuance, Themes. right? It, it is Themes. it is just what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those fireworks going off, <laughs> the like inkblot fireworks. It reminded me so much of like Arrival, right? The kind of yeah. written language of yeah, Arrival. Yeah. You know those those kind of sweeping shots of the city that reminded me of like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like all that beautiful stuff. They look so great. I think one of my favorite shots is the Imperial ship coming to Arrakis with the Emperor on it, which we had seen that ship in the first movie when it visits uh, Kaldana, uh, Atreides planet. I forget what their planet was called. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I looked at you like a, yeah, a scary no, little usually boy. Yeah, usually I know. Uh, whatever Atreides' home planet was, they, we saw it in the first movie. So seeing it come onto Arrakis, but as it's landing, it's it's reflective. You can see the sand reflected in it. You can see its own shadow it's casting that you can't see in real life reflected on the ship. It just like it just looks so big and the scale is like so heavy. That's what uh, Denny does uh, so well. Yeah. Denny so does good. scale. He yeah. uses scale in an epic way. Like mm-hmm. Arrakis as a planet, obviously huge. Mm-hmm. These sandworms, huge. They're like what, two hundred meters long sometimes? Mm-hmm. It's like or hundred meters? It's like even longer. Like they're just so massive. And I think the structures look beautiful, but uh, yeah, you'll see like a ship and like where it comes out of and when it draws back and pulls back, you're like, oh my gosh, it just keeps going yeah. and going. They did that in the first movie. It's, it's again in it's this one. I love it. All of like Baron Harkonnen's like floating devices. Yeah. His little his little golf ball mm-hmm. that like breathes. Like yeah. adorable. So cute. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Uh, uh, Johnny moves in the chat saying it's because of the sun and pollution, I think, is the point. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they're Yeah, I did like that line from Stilgar that, like, yeah, their water's no good. It's full of chemicals, but we use it in we our machinery. It? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of missed good. that part. It's like, you that. can't drink it, but uh, it's good. It's good for, like, practical purposes. <laughs> I missed it because I was, like, fiddling around with my chair to, like, move the, the seat back, and I just look up, and Rebecca Ferguson's, like, throwing up. I'm like, what'd you drink? I, did, I love that too, where he's like, don't, don't, yeah, don't yeah, let it out. Keep it in. Yeah, don't keep let it, it in. Oh, he ate her tear. That was adorable. Oh, That's wow. when Paul started crying later. I was like, why isn't Shani eating those tears? Yeah. yeah. But I did love that, like, she wouldn't cry. Like, that. No. I love that too. Like, it's trained out She's so you. sad at the end, but, like, would not cry. She's just like, fuck this. I got to go she run. Gets her, gets her sandworm hooks out. That last shot is great. Oh, that last shot yeah. where you're like, oh, ah, awesome. she's, she's she's off on her own adventure. I love right? that that was the last shot, too. I thought for a second we might see whatever was going to happen in the sky. But like, I do kind of like that Paul's just like, we're going to heaven, boys. Mm-hmm. Get on the ships. You don't know what you're about to see. Right. We're, I'm about to blow your fucking mind. Yeah. You guys have never been off this planet. Uh, it's about to get crazy. Yeah. I think, Ma, just to touch on something you said earlier, I think seamless is like the best word to describe this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like everything just feels, it just blends in so well. You don't you don't know where those edges are, as opposed to like things that are like doing something that's more CGI heavy, but then they're like, oh, but this is gonna be all real, this one location. And then now we're back, you know, doing something all CGI again. And I think that like 
when you talk about it aging well, it's like that's what's gonna work. It's like when you look at older movies now, you're like, oh, they were experimenting with something, but at that time probably drawing more attention to it because it's like, look, we're doing something special. Mm. As opposed to this, it's like, no, we are making one world, like one movie, right? I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think also you need to shout out the design of all this mm. stuff. Yeah. It's all very unique. Shout out Mapes. Uh, who's that? That's a Dune joke. She's oh. in the first movie, but her <laughs> name is literally shout out Mapes. Anyway. Uh. Um, a... You know, for a couple years, you know how all movies had that one monster? It's like the Quiet Place monster, mm, right? Like, yeah. for a while, just all monsters kind of looked like that. Long-limbed. Yeah, the Cloverfield and the, um, the oh, God, what was the other J.J. Abrams Toothy movie face. about the kids? Uh, uh, Super 8. 8. Super 8, yeah. The yeah. monster, I'm like, that's cool. Even Signs? Yeah, of yeah. Uh, all those, those, you know, J.J. Star Trek yeah. movies all kind of have the same monster. And it's like, all right, you know, this looks cool, but... It seems just like a riff on the monster from the previous blockbuster, right? Mm -hmm. Everything in this movie looks so unique. Mm. The ships, the weapons. I love those mines that are just the plate that comes out of the sand. <laughs> yeah, I saw it's that like in a refrigerator I door. Saw that that plate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that as a clip before uh, yeah. the IMAX screening of Tenet, and I haven't seen Dune in IMAX yet, and I'm going again. But just, it was just wild. And yeah. then we'll get to it a little bit, but the sound too, just like, oh, so good. I liked like the anti-grav suits that yeah. the yeah. Sonic yeah. yeah. the, the way that that even, it was just so smooth. It wasn't janky. It was. Yeah, I they just, don't have a, you know, blaster that comes out. Yeah. They're just kind of going it up. It is like and, they levitate. Yeah, just in a, a super way. unique, oh. uh, super unique design, super unique look. Yeah. Yep. It seems like they went out of their way to say, like, let's make it so you don't confuse this with a yeah. Star Wars or a Star Trek yeah. or anything else. It's mm -hmm. its own thing. I, I really loved the, just like the long laser blast. Oh. I also like those long satisfying. lasers. Mm -hmm. I also like those lasers. That was lasers. very yeah. satisfying. Yeah. And I, I just the idea that, like, Tech exists in such a way that yeah, the Fremen they have, you know, they're they're they live like a rather rural existence, but they still have these badass weapons that they've been stealing. You know what sure. I mean? But like, it's cool that they're like yeah, a couple shots and we can take down this bad this big old uh, harvester <laughs> thing. We'll just blow it right up, baby. Like just a hundred, a team of a hundred could wipe yeah. out. Yeah, and it wasn't yeah. until the very end that we even see a battle plan before it happens. Yeah, which was yeah. very yeah. rewarding. Yeah, that, like you don't explaining how this battle's gonna work. It just like starts and they hop out of the sand and you're like, oh shit, I didn't even yeah. know the dudes were over there. All the chaos and then afterwards they're like, here's how we did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. the little breeze. Yeah, the little straws oh, were yeah. so well designed. Like, you yeah. saw the little vents in it. You saw the little like respirator yeah. kind of breathing in and out. It's very like, cool. like, great little detail. Great little detail. <laughs> <laughs> you're spoiling Mousy buddy, you're spoiling They're like, hi, I'm a Moabedeep too. It's like, get out of here. We're doing something. <laughs> Uh, the right. character with that New York accent did kind of take. Hey, I'm a little more deep, but it was this thing sticking out of the ground. Pizza more deep. Pizza more deep. You remember Pizza Rat? Got him. Oh my god. That was a fun one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go on Twitter. Yeah. I'm gonna put that on Twitter. Later. I took it to be too. I thought at first that that thing was like. I don't know, another water-making device for the Fremen. Yes. I thought mm -hmm. the Moadib was there to like take the water away from it, because it looked like oh, it was yeah. like, picking up mm. little pieces of a water. moisture farmer. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it kind of was, because it could sense that there was something under there, probably like sweating off moisture, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I again, the 
the storytelling of Muad'Dib. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be something small. I'm going to be yeah. a mouse. And it's like, that's not any mouse. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. thing is powerful. And you're like, oh. He's like, that's a stupid name. You shouldn't actually. That's a great <laughs> fucking yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, does it again. It's so good. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, is it a five all around here? Oh, I have yeah. no knocks on yeah, the visual. Yeah, on the visual. Is, uh, yeah, is there a floating six you can give a visual? Oh, yeah, yeah, That would only. be, yeah, is there just, a... Again, easiest, so easiest worth five it to in the see it on a big screen. Just great, just great. 100%. Um, all right, before we move on to our next section here, um, just uh, one thing on the, I guess, the visual of the Water of Life. Like, how, like, did it look good, the blue? Were you I, like... It was, I like how it looked like a, what do they call it, like a super fluid almost, mm -hmm. where like you can't tell that it's moving when it's, because it did feel like viscous. Right. It felt like it had like an oiliness to it uh, that I did like, it was very bright blue. Very bright blue. I actually blue. love that it was bright blue because it's such a contrast to this sort of like yeah. arid desert where like liquid and moisture is such a rare commodity. And then this thing is just like this glowing. Yeah. Is, there, is there any relation between that and that like piece of blue fabric that Chani wore around so much? I was I trying think to think what the a, symbolism was of that did, fabric. That was just her um, regiment. Wasn't oh, was that like her yeah. sign? I don't know. Because she like, was leading, like, yeah. what is it, the north or the south? Like, probably practically, probably practically yeah. so we can pick out our main characters. She was one of the, I don't oh, know, it was a term for the fighters, the Fryad. Uh, Fadaiken? Fadaiken, yeah. yeah. Fadaiken. But, like, she always had that blue thing either tied in her hair, and then towards the last battle, she was, like, tying her arm. I didn't know if that had any relation to, like, the water. But yeah. Now, uh, here's a question. Sorry. Well, she, <laughs> when she does name? the tears, she's Desert Spring. And when yeah. they said, like, the Desert Spring, I was like, that's her name! This is great. <laughs> that's her when she, this is something I floated by Evan earlier. When she does the tear, she, she's like, this is crazy, this is stupid, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because mm. she was told to. Is Jessica forcing her to do it? Jessica uses the voice on her, right? She's like, give it, give it your fucking, do the fucking thing. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, I'll do it. But... But do you, like, it's, is, oh. Does she have agency there, or is she doing it because she's being compelled to do it? Well, you have to understand, it's like, she's been hearing this her entire life, right. and then the events are unfolding before. And the person so she she's loves a non -believer. is dying. Yeah. So if it she's works, a, it works. I mean, she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Mm. It's like, well, do you want to be right and him dead? Mm -hmm. You know, or are you going to believe that this entire prophecy you've heard your entire life that you've tried to shirk, this religion that you refuse to believe is literally lined up as it said it would be right yeah. in front of you. Mm. So when she does yeah. the tear and dips it into the water of life and puts it on his lips, yep. is that, is something happening there? Or is that, I, my theory was like, Jessica is like helping wake up. Sure. Uh, Paul at that moment to help fulfill the prophecy that is not real I but do, is also real. I do think you're not, you're supposed to be unsure. Just questioning right? everything. Saying, right. Maybe this is magic, maybe yeah. it's all bullshit. Yeah. So I, I, I sipped the Kool Aid. Yeah. I was yeah. like, no, that's what said it was going to happen, so that's yeah. what happened. Uh, yeah, I drink a lot of water. Just a, a, a lore question, perhaps for Mob, perhaps for the chat. <laughs> Inside the sandworm, mm -hmm. what is that fluid? Do we know? Is mm. it their bile? Is it the they... poison? It's the poison, right? No, maybe it's or okay. they say. Well, they say it's, it's poisonous, it could kill most people. Yeah. I, I think it would be like a concentrated spice, right? Like a super a heavy dose of spice. What the, yeah, what's been funneled like out and refined. Yeah. yeah, you don't know if it's uh, taken from the stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. People are calling it the worm piss, but I don't think they're taking <laughs> it from the But those were like kind of the like non-believers, right? Who are like, oh, I'm drinking that AMC worm piss. AMC is selling that out of right. McGuffin's yeah. bar. I mean, so I'm surprised they did out. not have an icy flavor that was like okay. Ooh, uh, icy of life that. or whatever. As soon yeah, as that popcorn right? bucket went viral, they should have like, uh, <laughs> worm piss drink. Uh, <laughs> what else can we do? What other kind of weird... Get the blue curacao. We're making drinks, boys. So yeah, I'm not sure if someone who's got internet in front of them can, if there's like a definitive of where... 
there assumed, from the sandworm? Yeah. I assumed yeah. it was like, yeah, hyper concentrated spice. In like, the stomach. Yeah, whatever gets cut into spice and dried out and, right. and flaked off on the planet mm. is like reduced form of that stuff. Concentrate, Which yeah. is like the straight up good, good. Right. Because that's what turned Jessica's eyes blue, right? As soon as she drank that, she yes. was like... Oh, yeah, she did go full, yeah. Yeah, because you see it go into yeah. the baby is blue, right. the baby's surrounded by it, yeah. which that got in the system Why real fast. Why do you think fast. she gets so powerful? She gets so powerful. All the ladies were like, whoopsie doopsie, she was preggers. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that one. Yeah. <laughs> what have we done? What have we done? Well, we took her out for sushi, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, speaking of something blue that gives you, that <laughs> might give you life. We're on a roller coaster later. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Something blue that might give you life, we also want to thank Blue Chew. Yeah, there you go. BlueChew.com is an online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, and Injuable tablets at a fraction of the cost. That you can take at any time to get that extra confidence in bed. Uh, signing up is super easy to do and all done online. You can go to bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Bluechew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it and do it, and we've got a special deal for our audience. Try Bluechew free when you use our promo code BREAKROOM at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code BREAKROOM to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information, and we want to thank Bluechew for sponsoring the show. Yeah, blue chew, like kind of uh, the the blue water of life. Um, great. Something else that's blue. Evan, great connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Jelly Bean Planet, you know him, you love him. Maud is here eating all the jelly beans. Evan, not to me. <laughs> Evan, your brother has failed me, and I'm sending you to the Jelly Bean Planet to take control. All right, here we go. I'm gonna destroy the jelly bean mine. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks again to Jelly Bean Planet. They have all these uh, different size containers. You have the big uh, 42.5 ounce, and then Ooh, the, the small pop of bean. I didn't bean. notice the handle. Oh yeah, it's got a handle. You can fit your hand now, in it. You can uh, clip it to your carabiner while you're rocking. <laughs> you could. You could eat it out of the Doom Pop. No, no! If you want. It's cursed. But I think the uh, jelly beans will get lost in there. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, Yeah, I'll fill it up with jelly beans and rattle around during the movie. That'll really make it bad. <laughs> during yeah, all the a, quiet parts. I mean, someone was eating a hot dog next to me. I was like, this is too smelly. Mm-hmm. Were they eating it out of the Dune popcorn bucket? <laughs> no, thank God. In the mouth. Thank God. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll put this in here, oh, and I'll try to eat one out of there. Mm. Oh, uh, while we do that, hey, let's talk about Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> the directing, what a guy. Don't have this conversation while you're filling your, your worm. <laughs> we got to move on for time. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, hey, I mean, one, I mean, incredible. Right? Yeah. Everything we've been discussing prior to this, everything we'll talk about kind of after this as well, all kind of like this vision, like you said, uh, I think in the Twitch portion of the show, but like, yes. is this story working more or it works only because of this, of his approach to this? Um, I say yes, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. think that Dune is only Dune. I can't believe I have to say Dune with a hard D now because I can't say June anymore. <laughs> but June is what it is. Uh, we've had previous iterations. What's the, what's the, I don't understand the difference. In the I use a softer D. Okay. So it's June. Okay. It's like a D-Y, June. Instead of Dune. Mm, yeah. What's the difference? Dune. June. Okay. Yeah, you're June. almost saying it like uh, we would say June, like June. the month of June. Yeah, but there's, if you just. I understand. I, I'm, I'm not doing it. You start part. with a D and then it's June. like, yeah, June. June. Yeah. But anyway, I think June is only June because of Denny. And I think yeah. that um, we've had previous iterations. We've mm-hmm. had a movie with Carl McLaughlin as Paul Atreides. We've had a television series that didn't really go very far. The books have always been there since like the late 70s, I believe, yeah. or mid 70s, early 70s. 
before Star Wars movie, yeah. movie came out. That's for sure. Most definitely before yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's the seventh. Arrakis, Tatooine. The first one, 65. 65. 65. Was the first one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, and none of it has had the impact that this movie has had. Uh, people are comparing this to like a Lord of the Rings. Star Wars yeah. is a huge, epic movie that I think has potential, but Denny said he's going to stop after Messiah. Mm-hmm. So if there is potential with the 28 books, uh, six that we, uh, Frank wrote and then his son continued the legacy, there is a lot of content there. This could go on for a while, but can it actually work without Denny at the helm? I yeah. think I think there's a good palette to work with. I mean, it's tough. What story are you gonna tell? It depends. Like if you're gonna tell like a, a more insular, less big battles, more like politicking of the court type stuff. I think I think you could tell that because this this reminds me of like the Harry Potter film franchise, which between Christopher Columbus, uh, okay. who directed the first two, and then um, what's his face who directed the third Inuitu? one. Inuitu. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Inuitu who directed the third one. You have this great visual palette to work with, mm. right? And like all the other movies basically kind of just use that language to tell the rest of the story. Like I think that's something Denise done a great job here is kind of writing out the language a little bit and here's yeah. how you keep doing it. Now there's other planets we've never seen. No. And even I love the fact that like, oh, the Galactic Council's here or whatever and they don't even land, right? Oh, we don't yeah. see their ships, yeah, sure. we don't, don't see what they're wearing. Them. And it's like, so we've really only seen like how the Atreides dress, how the Harkonnens dress, how the Fremen dress and how the Benny Jesuit hang out, and then a couple people from and the Empire. And they're all vastly different. Yeah, and it's all very different. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm excited to see what's out there. I think people could tell their own stories with this, but mm-hmm. make these three movies have a long conversation about where you want to go from there. I'm frustrated if they're, if, that they haven't already announced that there's a third one. I'm sure they're going to do that very soon. It's Warner Brothers. It's going to have a big weekend, right? It seems like right. it's going to have a big and I, I'm sure they will. And I think it's smart of them to wait and after it has a, a big weekend or two say, like, we're going to bring the third one to the screen. I really hope for Villeneuve's sake that, like, he's got a handshake deal and he's not just stressing about this. That's why he wrote them so open-ended right. and introduces a major character right at the end and then puts them on the yeah. press tour. The whole thing is so he can keep getting greenlit to make the next movie. And he should get to it. And I, I, I'm only mad for him that, like, he had to play this game a little bit. Like, yeah. this is great. And, like, you're a fool to not let him finish telling these stories. I mean, I think he had to play the game, though, because of, like, the poor performance box office wise of Blade Runner 2049, right? Not that it's a bad movie sure. at all. I like that movie a lot. But it's, I, it just didn't do well. The box office. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure, no, 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 that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, it frustrates me in a world of like, you know, Marvel saying like, here's 20 more movies yes. we're gonna yeah. do. Yeah. And then they don't do half of them and then yeah. make yeah. other ones and change <laughs> things. It's like, you can at least have the foresight to let this sure. guy Fucking kill it for three movies. Yeah, and tell them from the jump that we're gonna you're gonna get to do that and let them film things when they need to. You know, it's double up on risk. filming. Save it's some not money. like it's, it's it's not a risk. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's new IP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. I wonder just as a thought experiment. Mm-hmm. It's a Warner Brothers property. Uh, do you do the courtly intrigue Game of Thrones HBO Dune that mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe yeah, kind of relates to the movies? They're, and they're, they've, they've announced like a Benny Gesserit show. Oh, I that. will kind of look, but I think it's kind of. Before the events of this movie, like maybe maybe even before the 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 women we know in this movie, I think it's a lot of the because the number one question people will have is who are the Bene Gesserit? Right, Mm -hmm. what is that? And they're like, great, they're the big bad of this whole thing. Are they bad? Are they bad are they, or are they wonderful women? They're I mean, good they, at their job. they led to the the death of an entire lineage of people. I mean, I guess who the seemed nice enough. Someone, who called seemed them, someone called them the original girl bosses. 
true. I would. Girls get it done. You can't argue with that. Behind <laughs> every done. emperor, that, there yes. is a coven of Benedict. I mean, I agree with the line when she was like, I'm about to have, you know, thousands of generations of pain and torment put into me. Like, a man Oof. can't do it. And I was like, Jeez. sister, you're right. Yeah. And I would not oh, do yeah. it. I absolutely refuse. Which is why they don't want Paul to be the chosen one. Right. Because it's a man. Yeah. I think it's all great. I, every, every time I finish a thought, I have said, it's all great. It's, it's all great. great. I mean, <laughs> it is. It really, it really is. I yeah. find new ways to love it, and it's still great. Yeah. There's there's so much to love in the story. Yes. And it's, it, it is fascinating. It's great to see it portrayed in such a, a fantastic way. You I, know? Will, I will say, it's not gripe-free. I had one gripe. Mm -hmm. I had a single gripe in this whole movie. Not enough Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, Gurney Halleck's final line when he beat... Yeah. Um, Beast Raban, where he was like, "That was for my friends," and I was like, "Not in this movie. Come on, this was it. That it was wasn't, little, yeah. it wasn't the friends we made along the way." Yeah. But I will say, and I think that it was uh, a little fast to resolve that yes. side, yeah. you know. And I've got yeah. some in my eye. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. but like, um, yeah. Do you want like a longer battle there, like a more drawn well, I mean, out? I feel a little bit like I'm like, "All right, here we go," and then it yeah. kind of just done yeah. gets a shank in the and then a really the bad sort of written line. So yeah. I'm still giving the script a five because if it's like right. if there's fourteen thousand lines in there and one of them's bad, <laughs> like it's still a five. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I mean, just I think like. Some of the gripes that I may have with the script also like our strengths though of the confidence of the, the directing It's like maybe we don't have to say this. Maybe we don't have to show this, you know, etc Just like it, I think it all like, you know, is very well done by Denise So I don't know five across the board for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, directing? totally. Yeah, very yeah, easy directing. five. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy five. Six uh, if I could. Six if I could. And it's yeah. interesting. Now, I, I have warm feelings of watching the David Lynch one. If you mm. need to watch it, I would suggest you have warm do feelings? it. Ding in a metal. Yeah. It's got, it's got good parts. It's got weird. Yeah, yeah. I would parts. say. I don't uh, like the watch word voice it guns. Stoned in your dorm room, uh, freshman year of college on a tiny TV VCR. <laughs> uh, that's the ultimate way to yeah. watch the David Lynch do. Oh, yeah. And yeah, pretty, pretty telling that. You know, you have ex basically the same source material, and you have one good bad camp classic and one you know really good Lost high quality sci fi movie. Uh, so yeah, kind of a a, a a book people considered unfilmable for a long right, time. Yeah. This guy uh, filmed filmed quite well. Uh, so yeah, fine uh, for the directing. That's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. easy. easy, easy. Yeah, easy. Um, all right, the last thing. Um, I mean, the sound and score, Hans Zimmer, but also just like the sound design, the sound yeah. mix. Man, that's why you watch a movie yeah. in a theater. It's yeah. just so good. Like, imagine you're at home just like messing with the volume, like going up and down, right. trying to get like the bass higher. Just like, I would just like sit there in front of my TV for 10 minutes and I'd be like, well, I can't. I can't get it to sound this good. Yeah. It'll never yeah. sound this good. It sounds incredible. I, d oh. I did go to like a Dolby screening, the like Dolby Atmos, and they had their own little like, intro thing with Denny Villeneuve talking about oh, how great cool. Dolby is. He's like, I can mix the loud with the soft talking and blah, blah, blah. That's but yeah, it sounded great. Like seat rumbling when the worms are showing up. The voice, you know, like the weirding voice, it's just like so loud and rumbly. Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't, I saw the first one, you know, on HBO Max, RIP. Uh, uh, so like, and I could tell even it's at home, I was like, it's a Max World now, baby, Max get with the program. I have to scroll all the way over to HBO to get to anything decent. Uh, uh, it, it's not like you could tell you were missing something, and I would hear like, "Oh yeah, in the IMAX, it's like so loud." Yeah. Yeah. So definitely see it in like a big, yeah, big movie sure. theater. But the score is incredible. You know, some of the same stuff from the first movie, obviously, yeah. but new songs, 
new score pieces, especially when they're on like Har the Harkonnen planet and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, Hans Zimmer is a maniac, and you know, for this movie, was like invented instruments. Uh, you the should look into how, yeah. You should look uh, into I, like how he made right. these things and like the, he got all new sounds for it. So fun fact about the Balasad. So Gurney Halleck in the book is like a minstrel. He's a bard. Oh, so he's known oh, for cool. when you're on the yeah. road or when you're in the camps. Like he would always perform and sing. Mm -hmm. And in the first movie, he was supposed to do that, and they cut it. Oh man! And so he kind of like Gurney Halleck, who was known for singing. <laughs> Brolin's yeah. like, I learned how to play this thing. Right. <laughs> and this Balasad is like this incredibly weird instrument, like you know, guitar. Esque type instrument. Yeah. And Patrick Stewart plays it in the David Lynch version. You see him like Oh, oh cool. Halley. And um, Josh Brolin collaborated with Hans Zimmer to create music and song and poetry for his character. So that was something that they worked on together. And hearing Josh Brolin talk about that, he was just like, I was so nervous about it. I'm finally doing, you know, my my song piece mm -hmm. and then Han comes in and just like blitzes it. Yeah. So I love that. But I will say something that I noticed the most with the sound design here is they knew when to blow you away with it. Mm -hmm. So like do the voice or to do these like big tense moments. And they knew when it was more effective to have utter silence. Yeah. And that last combat battle between Paul Atreides and Fade Rotha where there is absolutely no score. There is no music. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear every huh, grunt when it connects. When like you could hear people breathing in the cinema. You can you hear can, you can hear then, me chanting "kiss." kiss, <laughs> kiss, kiss. <laughs> the knives though swinging too. You yeah, can yeah. the the very subtle like Pucky Pucky. like yeah. it, it was. Oh, yeah. I remember that. that guy I was cut like, oh so many God. throats in that movie. Yeah, so they yeah, have yeah. a little throat cut noise. Yeah. Like whoop. <laughs> well, he's the dude who's like, he's like, he cuts him with throat. Me, he's like, yeah, it's not sharp enough right here. Yeah. It's like, dude loves, <laughs> dude loves to cut a throat. Dude loves cut throats. He's great at it. I did love too, like the sounds that uh, Stilgar would make, the little like sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. The, like yeah. way they whistle to each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. Like I, there were those little moments like that. Like every time they went to the Imperial planet, I feel like you could always hear like birds chirping, like, oh, yeah. constantly. Like yeah, yeah. they were outside a lot, but even when they were kind of indoors, it had this kind of like trippy, like life is here. And there were birds in on Arrakis and we saw them get burnt. It was so sad. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Sad. And it was yeah, like the idea sad. that like, yeah, you never and see then the them. humans got You don't burned. see that them flying around outside. Ah, screw the humans. <laughs> uh, you don't see them flying around outside, but it's like, guy. they're keeping these like, this ecosystem for the birds and like all this like great stuff. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, just great sound design. Ah. Bumpers that attract the worms. Oh, the yeah. Sorry yeah. I made the jack off motion <laughs> when I was describing the word bumper. Don't turn that into a gift. <laughs> I don't need that. Ma, don't come in, I'm dumping! I gotta get the dumpers going! I'm making a gift, Ma! I gotta get the worms I'm, here! I'm gifting over here. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I five. Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Uh, uh, easy five. Uh, even if you are someone who likes a little softer sci-fi, uh, something with with a little more lightness, mm -hmm. see this in a gosh darn movie yeah, theater. And I, I I really really love anything that is a case for seeing a movie yeah. in a theater. Uh, it's going away. We're kind of bummed. We hope it doesn't. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like well, this is like a good like reason. This. You know, I think yeah. you know the Barbenheimer op uh, Barbie Oppenheimer trend last. Last summer was great. No, Those were that? two I great. Heard anything oh, you didn't hear about that? that. <laughs> These two movies came out the same weekend. What? Great. Polar and they were different. Great. But like both, of those, both of those movies were great movies, yeah. and like totally yeah. worth seeing in yeah. theaters. And yeah. like this is another example of like yes, this is a movie you should see in the theater. Madame Web, not that right? Like tough, tough to justify. I'll come like, around on Madame Web. <laughs> 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 you know, this is a movie that's worth seeing in like a big screen, and like 
It's using all the technology we have available. Sure. It makes yeah. it worth it. Yeah. By God's sakes, if you have an A-list subscription to AMC and you aren't seeing this, like, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah. Like, please go incredible. see it. Or, it's really good. Or if you're someone who, like, is just someone who doesn't go out to the movies that much. You're right. like, I'm just waiting for the one, the, the one yeah, thing to totally. see this year or, like, the thing you see at Christmas. This is a reason. Even though it's March, it's not summer blockbuster, it's not the holidays, like, you will... It, you will be better off having seen this yeah. in theaters. Even, and I gave the script a four, you know? like <laughs> this Because this was supposed to come out last November. Yeah. And they pushed it because of the strikes. Mm -hmm. uh, which is probably good because I think it's well, going to kill at the Oscars. The first one, uh, they didn't really, they did an online press yeah, tour. Yeah. A lot of it was virtual. There weren't really sort of like premieres for it. And it didn't suffer, like the results of it. So I think that, yeah, the, they wanted to push this. And I, if you've... I mean, look at this bloody doom popcorn. <laughs> like you've you've seen or heard a version of the marketing for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's a brilliant movie. It's so good. My yeah. popcorn bucket won't text me back. Oh no. I oh, thought we had a great no. time, but I'm, I'm like, sorry. hey, I'm just sorry. thinking about yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. That's tough. And That's I could tough. see I could see that the popcorn bucket read it. That's tough. I think you just gotta thump a little harder. <laughs> uh, speaking of I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna do the motion again because someone's gonna make it a gift. Uh, I think this might be our highest rated movie on the Breaker uh, Movie Review. Good. Uh, it's 97.5. That's super, super high for us. I think, I mean, and, uh, I deserve. Apologies know? to Transformers Rise of the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and a, it's a real shame when Craven is just gonna demolish this Craven, score. Craven's gonna come in and hunt. Incredible. He's gonna bite off Paul Trady's nose. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see a movie usurping this at all. I don't know, when Craven's like, that's not Spider-Man! <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pop. Perfect movie. <laughs> Perfect. Is that in the trailer? It should be. <laughs> every every trailer from now on out should have some version of That's Not Hope. When he screams uh, yeah. That's Not Hope, that's so good. Yeah. And his mother, That's Not Hope! <laughs> All of you were packing up the stuff like, do you guys remember? Yeah. <laughs> this is in the Craven trailer? Well, that's, I don't know that's, what this that's is. That's the guy. He can yell at his mom like that. I don't know. Should we look at them? I don't know. <laughs> he is the mom on a deep. She's been talking to her stomach. Oh, oh this is from Dune. I'm, uh, I yeah, thought you were sorry. doing a Craven. No. 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 <laughs> that's uh, not Craven. That's not, that's, that's so craven. Yeah, that's so, so craven. Oh, get that started now. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, that's it for us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Break Room channel here on YouTube, or give us a follow on Twitch where we do videos like this live. Uh, anyone have anything they would like to plug? Oh no, I wanted to give more fun facts of what I discovered about this movie. Oh, let's do some facts. Everyone's yeah. talking about Austin Butler's voice mm -hmm. and how it's very different from Elvis in this movie. Uh, I asked Stellan Skarsgård what it was like and how he felt about Austin almost emulating yeah, his voice. Yeah, sounds just like him. And apparently Austin was like watching all of Stellan's um, discology, like okay. all his, mm. and really couldn't couldn't just be Austin, like wanted to sound as much like the Baron as possible. And some people are kind of talking about that being like, well, that's only his uncle. Wouldn't he sound closer to Raban, his brother? But I thought it was a really interesting choice. But it's it's like even better to know that Stellan was aware that mm. Austin arrived on set sounding like him. Just yeah. like him. Mm -hmm. It's a real yeah. May-December situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Good double feature. Good double feature. <laughs> and June part two. Uh, I'll do a plug if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I got a graphic novel coming out this year. It is called Youth Group. It is a YA horror comedy about teenage exorcists. Uh, art by me. Uh, sorry, writing by me. <laughs> I didn't draw it. Uh, a great artist named Bowen McGurdy did draw it. Uh, they're from a great series called Spectre Inspectors and Marvel Comics. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, yeah, this is coming out later this year, but we'd love it if you'd give it a pre-order. Oh, that is very helpful for oh, books. Baby. Do we know why? No. 
know. Uh, we don't uh, know that. Oh, I do, because publishing's a little archaic mm. these days. The Benny Gesserit have been controlling publishing for generations. Oh. <laughs> Girl bosses. Chosen one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can go to bit.ly slash youthgroupbook, and you can see the cover, you can see a bunch of the art, and you get all your pre-order links there. Amazon, awesome. Barnes & Noble, better yet, your local indie bookstore. Yeah, check uh, out. Youth Group, it's coming. Woo, beautiful. Join the Sci-Fi Fantasy Book Club. If you want me to talk books and sci-fi fantasy books and you want to read more books, Maud's Book Club. We do one to two books every single month. Ooh. You can look at maudsbookclub.com or you can check us out on socials. Oh. And uh, speaking of social, you can follow Breakroom NR on oh, social. Adorable. Um, thanks, everybody. And as we say at the end of every Breakroom episode, the spice <laughs> must flow. Spice must flow. Thanks for listening. You can check out our Breakroom live streams at Breakroom NR on Twitch at 3 p.m. Pacific. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. You can find us at Breakroom NR on Instagram and X. Thanks for listening. Later, Gators. <laughs>